Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On this computer. All right, you see it? Good. All right. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. I am here with Eric, Alex, and our good friend Sky Guasco of the TCK Fantasy Football Podcast. Sky, we are here to break down the NFL draft. Uh, the three of us have been a little MIA. We've talked about this on our podcast. We've been, you know, busy with life situations. Eric and I are both in school. Alex is coaching baseball. So it's the off season. Typically, we don't really dive into much fantasy on our end until just after the draft. But in preparation of the draft, we felt, uh, you know, we kind of got into a back and forth and a debate over uh, the 49ers uh, moving up to pick number three. And so we thought to call in the 49ers house fan here and uh, discuss a little bit about that pick and then we'll talk about Patriots and then we'll finally wrap it up with your hot takes. So Sky Glasgow, welcome back, my man. It's been a while since we've had you on. How's it going? Yeah, boys, I am fantastic. Uh, I appreciate you bringing me back. It's been a long time. Chris, uh, you're a regular on the TCK pod. Eric and Alex, of course, have uh, made appearances as well during the regular season. I hope to keep that up when things come back to full steam in August and September. Uh, but yeah, in the off season, man, everyone's kind of back to uh, our quote unquote regular lives, yeah. but all of a sudden this fantasy football thing takes over as well, gets a grip on you. And uh, now it becomes an annual thing. And I'll say, look with you three guys, maybe stepping aside a little bit the last few weeks and months. Um, I do want to give uh, a listener's vouch and a shout out to your dynasty crew yeah. who has done a great job filling the voids um, with dynasty content um, this season, I've, I've learned a, a ton yeah. uh, so far. And, and we're not even to the draft yet, right? Like that's all going to kick off in this next week. So very excited to be back, man. I'm, I'm stoked to talk about the Niners. The reality is, man, like it's going to be quarterback, but it's the hottest topic yeah. in the draft. And then you get into the Falcons right after that. What are they going to do? Then you have the, the Bengals. What are they going to do? The Dolphins right after that. I mean, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, I got some spicy flames to bring, bring to you later on uh, with some of my opinions, but <laughs> it's going to be crazy. And, and one thing I've, I've learned after 15, 20 years of NFL drafts, about three picks of the entire draft are yeah. actually going to happen the way that you think they are. Yeah, of course. Every yeah. other one of them is going to be different, either yeah. via trade, different position, different side of the ball entirely, yeah. uh, scheme, whatever it is. And, um, I have really tried to break that down this year in particular and focus on team need more than a fandom side of this thing. Like, yeah. wouldn't it be cool if this guy went here instead of that, I say, okay, what do they actually need and want right now this year? It doesn't matter three years down the road anymore. Quarterback yeah. is no longer a five-year draft and wait and see. Right. I mean, Josh Rosen got picked by the Cardinals the next season. They draft Kyler Murray first yeah. overall and Josh Rosen's gone. So yeah. If it doesn't pan out, he's gone right away. It's a it's an annual event this year, even at quarterback. Yeah, for sure, man. So listen, before we dive into that part of uh, of our discussion, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing with Ryan Leaf. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, I also, in addition to the TCK Pod Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, you can check out our podcast anywhere you listen to the Commish stuff. We'd appreciate that. Um, I have teamed up with Ryan Leaf. And if you're, the scratch, Ryan Leaf, if, you, if you're scratching your head thinking, I've heard that name before for the OGs dating back to 1998, former second overall pick behind only 
the one and only Peyton Manning, Heisman finalist, Ryan Leaf, uh, Pac-10 player of the year, um, Rose Bowl National Championship at Washington State, uh, the Cougars. Yes, the Ryan Leaf. Um, long story short, my good friend, and I know, Chris, you know him at least, uh, Jonathan Rifkin, who's been on the TCK pod quite a bit, uh, has been working with Ryan for the last two years for the Pac-12 Network and Believe Network podcasts um, and some Fox Sports Net stuff. And um, once 2020 happened, Ryan was working with ESPN and Fox and the Pac-12 Network. And once 2020 happened, everything kind of got funky, obviously, right. and disbanded. Contracts got terminated and things got weird. And um, Ryan decided to do his own show. He's great friends with Pat McAfee, Rick Jison, those kind of guys. And Ryan was like, you know what? I would kind of want to do my own thing. And so he decided to start his own show, hired Jonathan on to be his executive producer and asked Jonathan to find somebody that Jonathan trusted to be the production manager for the show. And Jonathan called me and no uh, invited me to come on. So I'm the production manager for the Ryan D. Leaf show, uh, hashtag RDL show. Ryan, Ryan D. Leaf, you can find on Instagram, um, Twitter, YouTube, whatever. And what's cool about the show is, you know, I'm a football nerd like you guys are, but, you know, Alex is coaching high school baseball. Look, I'd be coaching baseball too if I had the time to do it. That <laughs> yeah. Baseball, you know, don't tell the fantasy footballers listening. Baseball might be my first love. It's a, it's a tight conversation. Um, but I'm a baseball nerd as well. I love basketball. Also, I love all sports with Ryan show. We talk about all sports, which is a lot of fun. Also, as you can imagine, it's great to get his perspective. Like mm. he literally was the best player in the country, you know, in college. Wild, yeah. He was, yeah. he was a top two draft pick. And frankly, like there was a lot of debate before it actually happened. He almost, and should have gone before Peyton Manning at the time. If you don't know Ryan's story, you can Google it quickly. Everybody else knows it. I'm not going to get into all that stuff. He's turned his life around immensely. We just celebrated his ninth year of sobriety on the show a couple of weeks ago. Incredible individual. One of the most humble dudes I've ever heard uh, speak in my life. 32 months in prison and completely turned his life around. Phenomenal. Anyway, it's awesome to get his perspective on everything football specifically because he's literally been there. Yeah. And he he's friends with GMs. He's friends with head coaches. He's friends with you know, hundreds of former athletes, Randy Moss, Charles Woodson, Peyton Manning. Those are the guys he was in the Heisman room with, right? Wow. He makes the joke all the time, three hall of famers and the other guy and Ryan's yeah. the other guy. Right. So incredible experience. I'm just kind of living it day by day. We're in finishing up month two of his show, but yeah, check it out. RDL wow. show, Ryan D leaf show. We're live on air Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1230 to one thirty Pacific standard time. Uh, we're all West Coast guys, so it's Pacific Standard Time, 12.30 to 1.30, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it's a show, so it's not just a podcast. We're live on YouTube, and we turn in a podcast as well, man. It's been an absolute blessing. Very cool, man. Awesome. Yeah, dude, super happy to see you on that. I saw the, the transition, and I saw you moving into that type of role, and I was like, damn, this is this is awesome, man. So, Thanks. yeah, bro, congratulations, and, uh, you know, we wish you guys the best of luck uh, moving forward on that. So, uh, let's transition into our topics for today. So Eric on the side of me here has his own thoughts about average size Mac Jones. And I, I disagree. I just, you know, that's just how I feel about the scenario right now. It's just too early to tell. And, uh, he reminds me of someone that already plays in the NFL, uh, from a productive standpoint. So sky explain to us, why did the 49ers decide to move up at the number three pick? I know it's, I know it might seem obvious, but let's treat it like it's not. Well, the only, okay. So the only obvious part of this is that they're going to get a draft. They're going to draft a quarterback. That's, that's, I think where obvious stops. 
you don't make this move if you're not getting a franchise quarterback. Okay, period. So the 49ers trade up from 12 to three uh, for a first round pick in next year, 2022 and 2023, plus a third round pick as well. So that's a haul. Makes me think before I started breaking all this down, the initial reaction when I got that, what, last month or whatever, when I got the news right away, my initial reaction was, okay, it's a quarterback, but they have to know who they want. To yes, do that. exactly. Okay. So, okay. So you're not going in there saying, okay, look, Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville, let's just lock it up. Fine. Yeah. These are, these are already donating money out there. Yeah. Well, they're donating money to him. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> they, they just, did you He's hear this? He just got, he, so he got, he got married a couple weeks ago, right? He was on the green out there with Ryan leaf a couple yeah. weeks ago. It was hilarious out at the masters. Um, fans in Jacksonville are paying, you know, they're buying gifts for him and his wife off of his registry. Like, I mean, dude, he's already part of Jacksonville. Yeah. So let's just get Trevor Lawrence out of the way. Okay. Zach Wilson. Now Zach Wilson at this point is like kind of locked up with the jets, maybe face but, Wilson. but maybe it doesn't happen. Okay. Maybe. If it, yeah. if it doesn't happen, the 49ers can go after anybody other than Trevor Lawrence. Correct. If Zach Wilson's gone, then obviously they can go with average size Mac Jones or they can go with Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Now, this is weird because I have two mind frames. I have the like analyst side of things. And then I have the fan side of things. The fan side of things is very simple. Mac Jones is maybe my like sixth or seventh favorite quarterback or listed quarterback in this draft class. I have Kellen Mond ahead of him. I'll just put it that way. Davis Mills from Stanford, who nobody even knows about is higher than Mac Jones in my opinion. So as a fan, I don't want the Niners taking Mac Jones period. As an analyst and as I break this down, I try to think of like, okay, why would they take Mac Jones and why might they get off of Mac Jones? The only, and I want to hear you guys rebuttal, obviously. The only reason I could think that they take Mac Jones is to continue the Jimmy Garoppolo style quarterback, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Matt Schaub, yada, yada. The pocket presence, the smart quarterback the intelligent quarterback average arm but he can get it done pre-reads on the defense controls a huddle yada yada if Kyle Shanahan wants to do that then Mac Jones I think is far better than the rest of these guys in this draft straight up he's good at that stuff 70 cent 77 percent completion percentage national championship obviously with Alabama smart pre-reads great pocket presence whatever I think he's just a better version of Jimmy Garoppolo already I'll throw that out there and you guys know better than I do <laughs> You guys know better than I do that I, I've been calling for Nick Mullins, kind of tongue-in-cheek, kind of serious, over Jimmy Garoppolo for the last three seasons. Right. Okay, so I'm, I've been off Jimmy as a Niner fan forever. Mac Jones is a better version of him, fresh, young, better legs currently than Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, that's why they might take him. Okay. Then I, then I sober up a little bit, and I think to myself, why the hell would they take Mac Jones? Why would they move up from 12 to 3? to take Mac Jones, to start all over and take Jimmy Garoppolo again. It doesn't yeah. make sense to me. For me, if they have Jimmy, if they have Jimmy Garoppolo, who in, in my opinion, very similar to Mac Jones, they already have that guy in the stable. Why would they just get another one that's younger? It doesn't make sense to me. Now, if Jimmy Garoppolo, if Jimmy Garoppolo was Matt Ryan and he was, you know, 35, 36, 37, eight years old, and they like that style of quarterback, and he was just coming in to replace him. Yeah, that makes, makes perfect per sense. Makes perfect sense. Exactly. But he's not. Right. He's not that case. And I just don't think that that is the smart move. I see you guys. I see you guys starting to boil a little bit. So I'm going to pause myself 
and I'm going to, I'm going to take the other half of this after I hear this first reply. Okay. So I made my cases. I'm going to, I'm going to get back into some more stuff after, but I want to hear you guys reply on this first. All right. Yeah. Fair point. Let's impact that. Eric. Eric. Okay. First off, (laughs) I feel like I'm being ambushed here because I didn't say they should take Mac Jones at, at, at third overall. I'm just saying he's better than Jimmy G. I, I think if they don't take Justin Fields, that's a mistake. Someone needs to get fired if they take Mac Jones over Fields at three. Do you agree with that? I would agree with that. Yeah, I think Justin Fields is the better player. Absolutely. But our debate was never uh, if they should take Mac Jones. It's if Mac Jones is better than Jimmy G, which Sky seems to agree. Well, it seems like, it, it, seemed like it was a foregone conclusion. They moved up to get Mac Jones. Which I don't think they even need a quarterback just by their style of offense. Oh, yes, offense. that's okay. the other thing. They why, don't need it. Why move up and take they a quarterback? They don't need it. Correct. That's actually They correct. don't need it. They're, Who's, they're, they're, who they're said moving that? the chains offense. That's all they are. They are one heavy team. They have George Kittle right there. They don't, they're not a big play team, especially right now with Jimmy G. So why not just keep it moving the chains, Eric? Okay. No, no, no. This isn't to me. This is to Sky. Because I know Sky has probably had multiple heart attacks watching Jimmy G try to run this offense, <laughs> who's atrocious. You try to tell him that that team doesn't need another quarterback who can actually make plays. I'm sitting over here like Bill Swartzky. You know what I'm saying? I'm on my 13th heart attack over here. It's killing me. So, Chris, I have to ask you, where do you feel or heard this or whatever that it's a foregone conclusion that the Niners moved up to three to get Mac Jones, not to get a quarterback, to get Mac Jones specifically? I know the media says that. But well, it wasn't. What just, is an actual source that tells you that actually but happened? Kyle, but it was. But all right. So so fair enough. Part of it, I'd imagine, is definitely speculation on my end. Part part of it is certainly hyperbole, I'd imagine. But all all of it's sort of also like wrapped in a little bit of truth because around the time of the trade, Kyle Shanahan was out there with Mac Jones specifically, just for him. I, I was like, why? Why? I don't. It doesn't make any sense. You have a quarterback to do. Yeah. Like, like if they spent that much time with Justin Fields, that would make sense because it presumably that'd be an absolute upgrade. But to go spend as much time with Mac Jones as they did, and then they make that trade, I just, I'm just like, I don't understand these connecting dots. So it yeah. just seemed like, it just seemed like it seemed too theatrical if that's not what they do. Okay, so I have a list of things I'm going to get into here in a second, and and again, I'm just my stance to be clear is that I don't want them to take Mac Jones as a 49er fan. I don't think they will take Mac Jones either, and I'll make my case in a second. To rebuttal back to you really quickly, Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and once they came out and made the move, right, the sports world just exploded into this, like, moving up to Mac Jones. The first thing in my mind, again, I mean, look, I'm just Sky from TCK Pod, all right? I do my research. I take the shit very seriously. From TCK you're more than that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot. And I appreciate you guys. The, the love is reciprocated. But I don't have inside sources of the 49ers. I just have my eyeballs and I have what I read and what I research and I have film to watch myself and what I would do. I'm thinking this whole time, look, let me back up a little bit further. Pre-trade for the 49ers, when I'm thinking and people are starting to ask me after the NFL season happens, everyone's like, okay, Sky, let's look at 2021. 49ers who are they taking at number 12 this is before the draft before the draft trade who are they taking at number 12 look if they got mac jones at number 12 i'm salivating straight up i'm gonna throw that out there i'm about it i think that's a great value fifth quarterback off the board probably at that point and a huge value and again they pick up where jimmy left off and i think they have a better room and jimmy's out anyway 
either by the trade deadline or next season. They just kept him because they need a rookie at this point. So I would like Mac Jones two months ago. Now we have the number three pick. Mac Jones is still going to be available at number 12. Yeah. There's no way in hell that they're moving up and, and putting all this out there with all these trades to get Mac Jones at number three. To me, that like the math doesn't make sense. Okay. Like, it just doesn't make sense. So, so then let me throw this by you then real quick. Please. You actually tagged me on this today. Yep. So this is from Mike Taglier. He posted this My man. from Fantasy Pros. He says, if Mac Jones goes to the 49ers and completes 65% of his passes, averages 8.3 yards per attempt, and has 1.96 touchdowns to interception ratio, that'd be great, right? Question mark. Well, those are Jimmy Garoppolo's stats. The 49ers aren't drafting a player they already have on the roster. Okay, so he's suggesting that they're not going to draft Jimmy Garoppolo. They're not going to draft Mac Jones. Sorry, Mac Jones in, in replacement right. Jimmy Garoppolo. 100%. That's what he's suggesting. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, so yeah. – Okay, so we're on the same page. So you're saying they're going to go someone else. Then they might go Justin Fields. Yeah. So if I unpack, and, and again, I came into this trying to make the case or not of the 49ers and Mac Jones specifically at number three. If there's a question, Jimmy G or Mac Jones, it's Jimmy G. And you guys know I don't even like Jimmy G as a 49er fan. So I don't want either of these guys. Worth the value. Eric. Yeah. So we'll go. I'll let Eric defend himself in a little bit. So let's go with this pick at number three. I'm going to take Mac Jones off the table, okay? It, it doesn't make sense to me that the 49ers brought all this capital, two first-round picks, three first-round picks, basically, because they move up and they switch places and then two other first-round picks and a third-round pick to get a quarterback that they already have stylistically. So if I bring it down, number one, again, doesn't make sense with Jimmy there. They're similar quarterbacks. I've talked about that at nauseum. Number two, this one is really interesting, and this is why I just – fade Mac Jones. So John Beck, maybe people don't know who John Beck is. John Beck used to be, he's a former BYU quarterback, played six seasons in the NFL, played under Kyle Shanahan when he was the offensive coordinator with Washington back in the day. They became BFFs. They've worked very closely together since. And now Jeff Beck, former NFL quarterback, has become a private quarterbacks coach to NFL players, collegiate players coming into the draft and so forth. Over the years, Kyle Shanahan has basically hired this guy, his buddy, to work with all the quarterbacks he's had, Matt Schaub, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, and then all the 49ers, Jimmy G, C.J. Beathard, and uh, Nick Mullins. It gets a little spicy because Kyle Shanahan specifically asked Beck in the last couple of weeks and months to spend the offseason with Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and most recently, Trey Lance. There's no, there's no evidence at all that oh, Mac God. Jones is even close to this fucking guy. And Shanahan has specifically asked him to go scout these three other guys, work with these three other guys. Trey Lance got like handed the script for his second pro day from Arthur Smith, who's with the Falcons. If the Niners don't get Trey Lance, I think the Falcons might. We can talk about that later. And Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan and Arthur Smith basically told just or Trey Lance what to do because that's what they wanted to see from him at his second pro day. So again, that's just a big evidence of like, look, yeah, I like that. Life in general is all about building and maintaining relationships. It's all about who you know far more than what you know, at least to get started. The NFL, more than maybe any league in pro sports, is all about relationships. You always hear about this quarterback went here. Why would he go there? Oh, well, he worked with this offensive coordinator for six years on his former team eight years ago, whatever. 
Shanahan and John Beck are besties and they trust each other. And Mac Jones is nowhere involved on that. That's a big one for me. That's Number easy. three, yeah. the 49ers are traditionally, at least since John Lynch has been around, a very hush-hush organization. You have certain organizations in football and in pro sports in general who like to fucking talk a bunch. The Raiders always have something to say. <laughs> it could be 99% bullshit. They don't care. They're talking constantly about what the hell is going on, right? The 49ers don't do that on purpose. A couple key examples of this, and think about, I mean, you're not going to remember the actual moment that these happened, but think to yourself, did you hear anything about this maybe happening before it actually happened? 2017, John Lynch gets hired as a general manager. John Lynch is one of my favorite players of all time. I grew up a Niner fan, but I love the 02 Buccaneers. Love John Lynch. I was floored when this happened. I hadn't heard anything about it, and I pay attention to Niners daily. 2017, 2018, they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo out of nowhere. Everyone thought it was going to be Kirk Cousins. It ends up being Jimmy Garoppolo. 2019, Mike McGlinchey was nowhere on anybody's boards. They take him at number nine. 2020, they traded DeForest Buckner for the number 14 overall pick. Nobody saw that coming either. They got rid of his contract, yada, yada. And then this year, again, they make the trade up to number three from 12. And nobody knew it was happening until after the fact. And then everybody explodes with all these, mm. you know, hyperbole bullshit. Like they're making these things up like, oh, it makes sense now. And Mac Jones just had his pro day two days ago. Kyle Shanahan must have fallen in love with him, traded up nine picks and traded three years worth of value to get Mac Jones, which yeah. they kind of already have on the roster. It's All these things possible. just keep adding up to like, there's no chance in hell. A it's Mac Jones yeah. and B these other guys start getting more interested to me and Kyle Shanahan in general. I got you. Eric, what do you think here? I'll give you the floor. I agree with them. I'm yeah. not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not opposed to what he's saying. I, All whole, right. Well, we're done here. I appreciate you guys. Our, our whole debate <laughs> was Jimmy G versus Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is an upgrade, but I agree. They did not, you know, mortgage all their picks here to trade up to get Mac Jones. And they easily could have stood at where they were to get a quarterback of his caliber. And I agree if they did get him at 12, it would have been a value, but I just don't see a scenario where it's worth trading that much capital to get a guy like Mac Jones. I'd much rather have Justin Fields. I also, if if you want to have that debate, Justin Fields versus Mac Jones, it's Justin Fields 10 times out of 10, in my opinion. hundred percent agree. Jones uh, overthrows his wide receiver in his pro day and cuts to Bill Belichick and He's not looking so happy. Well, you know who also with those guys? Jimmy G in the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Sorry, Sky. That, was, that wasn't a shot at you. Was, we we might have to cut this interview a little bit short right. here, fellas. Let's be careful. Let's be careful. What if they don't go quarterback? What if they go you know, What if they, they do the double tight end? Harris. What if they do the double tight end, Aaron Hernandez, Robin Krowski style? They go Kyle Pitts opposite George Kittle. How are you going to stop that? You I know, love the idea. Here's my problem. If Jimmy Garoppolo was good and they trusted him and they had somebody behind him, love my boy, Nicky Mullins, but he's not good. If they had somebody reliable at <laughs> cornerback, then they can consider doing that. First of all, they don't need Najee Harris. As much as I love Najee Harris, they don't need him. Um, they, the Kyle Pitts, George Kittle thing, it makes everybody salivate, but you could say, what about Kyle Pitts in this offense on pretty much every single team, and it's going to sound good. There's no way. The, the Niners have to go quarterback here. They have to look for the future. The big question mark is going to be, what do the Jets do at number two? As I mentioned, the foregone conclusion, all the, I mean, kind of out of nowhere again, like it just happened that Zach Wilson is the number two quarterback. And I'm like, okay, like, that. all right, everybody's saying it, like I'll hop on the bandwagon and check it out. Well, Chris, uh, Chris Sims, 
who, you know, a lot of people love his takes. A lot of people don't like his takes. I'm going to leave that out of here. It doesn't matter. The point is he's well-connected to the NFL. He's great friends with Kyle Shanahan from their days back in college. He's well-connected. He was on the Adam Schefter podcast, which is a great podcast for anybody to check out. Um, and he was talking about his, his top five rookie quarterbacks. And he is the only person either to have the stones or actually believes it to say that Trevor Lawrence is not his number one quarterback prospect. Zach Wilson is his number one quarterback prospect. And he has the receipts talking about, he wanted Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes over Mitch Trubisky. Now we look back on that and it's a duh, but during the moment, like Mitch Trubisky went number two, that's what happened. And and these are GMs of of, of football teams. They're not stupid people. They're doing what's best for their franchise and it blew up in their face. Yeah. And it's really interesting. So I started diving more into Zach Wilson. Well, dial it way back for the OGs, Steve Young, who just also happened to go to um, BYU and 49ers, reminds me similarities to Zach Wilson. And Zach, I'm obviously a left-hander um, for Steve Young, but Zach Wilson can run a little bit. He only has one good year of collegiate football, which I think is, that's why I'm like, why is he just all of a sudden number two? Mm. Like played for BYU. Yeah, he actually fucking exploded this year, but every quarterback that's coming into the draft at a high capital, yeah, they obviously had an incredible season. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Trey Lance had one great season two years ago. Right. So you can't just tell me that like, oh yeah, this kid's the best prospect because, you know, he played 17 games or whatever. I'm like, eh, you know, got to hold it a little bit. So I look at guys who have done it longer, have been durable, have all the skill sets, have played at the highest level they can against the best competition. And when I take all those barometers and I take Trevor Lawrence out of it, for me, easily, it's Justin Fields as the number two quarterback. Mm. So I heard that there was, I heard that there were some concerns regarding his epilepsy. Okay. We talked about that for a half an hour on Ryan's show and not to make light of epilepsy, obviously. And I'm not making light of, of any sort of neurological situation that anybody is dealing with. I have a great friend of mine I grew up with who has epilepsy. And unfortunately I've witnessed two or three of his seizures. It is something though, that he now look when they, when they go to an NFL conference and they're talking to these GMs and head coaches, I don't know if you guys saw it. I was watching Rich Eisen this morning. And they had a little, like a five-minute segment of, of these incoming rookies, Travis Etienne, Micah Parsons, some of these other guys. And it was like, what is the strangest things that GMs and NFL coaches have asked you during this interview process? Yeah. 90% of them aren't even football things. Yeah, right, exactly. They're like, they're out? like, what style of music do you listen to? Can you rap or not? Do you like yeah. to dance? Would you rather like stay in a big city loft or camp in the woods? I mean, it's like personality shit. Yeah. And this, this is, is something a- that like, good. I was like, didn't the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, um, like, didn't he like battle, like challenge all of the yeah rock paper scissors, rock paper scissors. He wanted to see how competitive they were, so he'd he'd uh, challenge them to rock paper scissors contest. Yeah, Sirianni. Look, I'm gonna give the guy benefit of the doubt because I don't know the man and I haven't seen him actually coach. Seems wild. I'm really worried we're going to get like Gase part Adam two. Gase, I'm just going to throw that out there. Just, I'm just, I just, yes. don't hold me to it, but I'm really nervous that we're going to get came a out second. And said, they already came, they already came <laughs> out and said Jalen Hurts wasn't guaranteed the starting position. No, I mean, that's, so, that's obviously bullshit too. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's old school. Everyone's yeah, got to earn it on the team, but dude, yeah. Yeah. Joe Flacco's 63 and not hasn't been good in five years. <laughs> There's no way. Now I will say, and I will say, and you guys know that I can digress forever. I'm sorry. I will say last point on that. If the Eagles actually get a quarterback, even in the second round of Davis Mills, Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, any of these guys, 
that would be an actual competition for Jalen Hurts. Now he still might be the starter, but he's gonna have to earn it. Yeah. Joe Flacco is not the guy <laughs> pushing him out. It might be a rookie thing though, if they end up going that way later in the draft. Yeah, fair enough. Coming back to Justin Fields and the epilepsy, he's been dealing with it since he was a kid. Pop Warner, middle school, high school, college football. Hasn't had an incident on the field. He takes medication for it. He now is in the professional football league where they have world-renowned doctors. He is monitored 24-7 no matter what he's doing, and he will be taken as best care as he possibly can. Obviously, anything could happen at any given time. Yeah. But honestly, I would rather take the quote-unquote risk on somebody coming in with epilepsy. And look, good for him to be honest about this. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's not something that he wanted to make public, but they prodded it out of him and the media got a hold of it. Now we all know about it. Yeah. I would rather have that, you know, diabetes, I think is maybe something harder to monitor in during a game. Jay Cutler, right? We all make fun of him because he was a grumpy ass all the time. His fucking blood sugar was fucked up all the time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Mark Andrews almost sat out this season. He's type yeah. two diabetic because of COVID. So I'd rather deal with that. Look, people coming in with big injury risk, like Zach Wilson, yeah. right. You come in with big injuries. I'd rather take the risk on Justin Fields with all the potential in the world, all the tools, the running quarterback, huge arm, you know, crushed Clemson, obviously six touchdowns played at Ohio state, a premier school in college um, and just did all the right things all the time. Yeah. For me, he's easily number two. Zach Wilson is a distant third, in my opinion. Then it's Trey Lance, just because, again, FCS, whatever. And Mac Jones, again, like further down the list. So Fair enough. I would love to see the Niners go with Justin Fields and Zach Wilson go to the Jets. If I'm the Jets, though, I'm taking Justin Fields at number two. That means Zach Wilson probably falls to the Niners. Either way, it's a quarterback, and it's not Mac Jones. Fair enough, dude. Love that breakdown. All right, man, let's switch over to the number 15 pick. Yep. Our New England Patriots. So you had asked us uh, over text message before we got on the show, what's happening with the Patriots number 15 pick. So uh, Alex, Eric, do you guys want to speculate first? Cause uh, I think, I think, you know, I think I know where you're going to go with this. I'll go first. Yeah. I got 20 bucks says we don't pick at 15. <laughs> that, I think that's uh, probably smart. Next topic. <laughs> I, I guarantee we don't pick at 15. If we don't, I'll be so annoyed. So, Sky, what's your take? Because we obviously, as Pats fans, um, understand that Belichick is notorious for trading out of the first round, getting two or three, you know, second and third or fourth round picks. He makes his money in the third and fourth rounds, uh, especially not quarterback or wide receiver. He pretty much drafts well at every position except for those two positions. He can't draft for quarterback except for Tom Brady 21 years ago. Who was in the sixth round, though. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was a six rounder. Edelman's uh, a seventh rounder, right? With Edelman. Yeah, and then uh, and then, you know he happened to he happened, he just I and mean, just can't draft a wide receiver to save his life. He's tried, can't do it. But he doesn't need like they go out and acquire all of these offensive weapons. So I see. So here, here's what I heard. I heard that if they're offensive gonna, weapons or offensive weapons. people, not, they don't need Wait, offensive are you, weapons. Are you talking about when we spent the first rounder on Sony Michelle. <laughs> I'm saying, they're, I'm saying they're not going to go offensive weapons in the first round. They're going to go. Well, they, they don't need to. That's we, my point. We went five wide receiver, five garbage bag wide receivers. <laughs> All right, that's my point. Yeah, we signed every free agent uh, tight end, known to man, dumpster fire of a wide receiver out there. Yeah, wow. okay, that's my point. Team dumpsters. Yeah. Team <laughs> tell you what, I'll tell you what though. Nelson Aguilar's agent belongs in the Hall of Fame. I'll just put that out there. Yeah, yeah so do his hands. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was an so, absurd contract. <laughs> So Alex, I'll, I'll ask you actually first, because you, you clearly want the Patriots to stick at 15. I actually, 
Alex, you talk about 15. I want to talk about 46, which is the Patriots' second-round pick. Um, but, Alex, you want them to take that 15 pick. Do they go top in? Look, I mean, again, we go four quarterbacks, let's say, in the top 10. A couple linebackers, a couple of offensive tackles, Kyle Pitts, maybe a couple receivers. You might be able to get a top five wide receiver if you wanted one. Or you could have one of these quarterbacks fall down Let's say you don't trade out and you actually take the 15. What would you want the team and plenty of defensive talent as well? What would you want the Patriots to do at 15? Yeah. So you, you asked me this question as far as you asked me the same question. Um, I think it was right after the Super Bowl. You said, what do the Patriots do now? The Patriots are that type of team where they stick to their traditions, but right now that's when they had Tom Brady. So they didn't really have to worry about a certain position, the main position, um, so they, I feel like they have to go quarterback here because the league is, is moving far faster than what the Patriots are doing right now. They're stuck in cement and they don't know how to get out of it. They need to, to switch up the culture and they have to go, they have to go quarterback, especially young. Cam Newton's not the guy. Sidham's not the guy. Maybe if Jimmy G comes back, but I don't see, see that happening. They have to go quarterback here. I, I agree. So, okay, Eric, go ahead. Well, I, I think to Sky's point, too, he mentioned already that by the time we come around, we're already looking at the QB5, probably potentially in this draft. Do you think a guy who's who's probably the fifth-ranked quarterback in this class is worth a pick as high as 15th overall? Yeah. You're positive on that? Yeah, I do. I would rather have the 15th quarterback, the fifth quarterback overall than Cam Newton. I would rather have, like, the 100%. number one or two cornerback in, in the draft. Right. I, I think at that point, it, if we're at 15 and we're already looking at the QB five in this draft, you got to almost go best player available. But, what if, but what if that quarterback is Mac Jones? He's not going to make it to 15. I, I mean, no I don't, way he I don't, makes I don't it past San Fran, Denver, all these, all these teams that need a quarterback. I don't call any shots. Uh, and I don't have any more, any more information than you guys do. I have spent too much time on this mock draft over here of the NFL first round. And I actually do have Mac Jones falling to the Patriots, but wow. I will, but I will be honest and say that that has a lot to do with my bias against Mac Jones in general. So in my opinion, he falls down the list. If NFL teams love him, you're right. The, the Niners could, the, the Broncos could move up and get him. Atlanta might grab a quarterback. Even still the Panthers might not be done. Washington football team, the Chicago bears could move up as well and get a quarterback. So it may not happen, but in my mock draft, I do actually have Mac Jones falling at 15 to the Patriots. And if that happens, I think they have to pull the trigger on it. Yeah. If, if the top five quarterbacks are gone, then no, then I, I would go to the best, best position available. But if those top five quarterbacks are the, one of them are there, obviously Mac Jones is <clears> probably <throat> going to be the most accurate one. That's going to be at 15. Then yeah, I would go him. So I think, I think if Mac Jones, Mac Jones is on the board at I'd be 15, so happy. Bill, you think you're going to be happy until no, then he trades. Exactly. He's going to he look trades. at that pick and be like, nah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> he, he's going to trade back. Obviously. I, I bet you would like him. <laughs> he, he's going to be like, damn, I know someone wants him really bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, Find yeah. Anyone, but, anyone just get him on the, get him on the phone. Yeah. Bill, Bill Belichick's probably going to be like, well, okay. I could get chase young and yeah. four Washington picks. for Mac yeah. Jones. <laughs> Let's do that instead. Yeah. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. If Mac Jones is available at 15, absolutely go Mac Jones. I already get a sense it's going to be something like the Cowboys last year where they absolutely did not need C.D. Lamb 
but they took him just because they could. <laughs> just, be- yeah. just because he was sitting there. They're like, you know what? Hey, we already got like 18 wide receivers, like, but we yeah. want him to. The, Ra- the Raiders took rugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the Patriots are getting half of their defense back that opted out for COVID last year. That'll help. But they still could. They, they have the Patriots have a lot of holes to fix that, in my opinion, you guys know better than I do. In my opinion, Tom Brady patched up with you know oh, crazy yeah. glue for years he, he made it look a lot better than it was oh yeah now he's gone edelman's gone gronk's gone the defense is half of what it was everybody's older the backfield is who knows what yeah and all of a sudden what? guess what sky we got james white back for one more season baby yeah, and fair, there was a stat out there when sony michelle actually played we had a better chance of winning <laughs> i saw him yeah i saw him rip off like two 35 yard rushes in one game last year and everyone was blown up it's funny so okay so the 15 the 15th pick uh eric thinks you'll move out alex you think maybe they need to go quarterback i agree with you or bpa right best player available i want to talk quickly about the number 46 pick that is the patriots second round pick so either way, let's say they do move out of the first round and they get, you know, Bill wants to get a second rounders, third rounders, maybe a player from a team, whatever it is. Then they could still look at quarterback because in my opinion, there's still some great high upside quarterbacks far cheaper. You don't have to pay them as much, first of all. And secondly, if they don't pan out, they don't pan out. They're day two guys, whatever. Kellen Mond, I'm very fond of. Um, and you also have Davis Mills out of Stanford who – isn't getting a ton of love, but he played excellent this season, kind of buried in the Pac-12 with all these SEC guys. But Davis Mills seems like the the Belichick McDaniels type of quarterback, I think, would fall. Ryan Leaf actually has Davis Mills as his number five quarterback up there. So I think that that could be a sneak attack, too, where they move out, get a better player, whatever. If they go quarterback, then at that 46 pick, they might move into the back of the first round which could happen and even still steal a quarterback with that 46 pick if they wanted to as well. So the Patriots have actually, I just like talking to, about it with you guys because you're the Patriots guys, but I've actually spent a lot of time on these two picks here, seeing what they might want to do because they have so many holes on offense and defenses to fill with that first round pick, but you're right. They could get more capital, which is what bill does. And maybe they take the 46 pick move back into the back of the first round, like they've been known to do. And then potentially even steal a quarterback or a high-end corner, linebacker, defensive end, whatever, um, and make the most of it. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the Patriots do. They need a, they need a defensive player. Like, you, you, like you, I know they have guys coming back, but like they also had Patrick Chung retire. Yeah. St- you know, Stephen Gilmore isn't quite as young as he used to be, had some Stephon. injuries. Stefan, oh, whatever. Just call him Stephon. Yeah, no, Stephen. <sighs> Defensive player of the year. Put some respect on it. I mean, Chris, Chris, to their defense, that's the difference between Steve Urkel and Stefan Urkel. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's, it's not even the same. You know, Stefan Gilmore is much better than Stephen Gilmore. Stephen, <laughs> Stephen, Gilmore is Stephen Gilmore is the guy on the sidelines. So exactly, yeah, he's Stephen he's the Gilmore's assistant. The to, he's the assistant to the tight ends coach. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, no, I'm going to disagree because I think we've actually made some great defensive signings. We got Jalen Mills from the Eagles, yep. who's probably one of the most versatile DBs in the league. I think he like led the league in like in uh in like blitz percentage or blitz pressure. So he's great rushing the rushing the quarterback from a defensive back spot, which we haven't had in a while. Right, and it's, we got and we got beast. Matthew Judon. 
from Baltimore, mm-hmm, who's another great pass rusher. I think we've actually made some good offseason, aside from all the, the, you know, the million tight ends that we've signed. We've actually made good defensive signings. Yeah. Now, to Sky's point, talking about the second-round pick, I feel like we should probably go – I feel like we need to go wide receiver at 15. A top-tier wide receiver, because let's call it like it is. We missed on Nikhil Harry, big time. Not even yep. close. We need another big outside guy to help Cam Newton this year because it seems like we're trying to get him weapons. Either we're trying to load Cam Newton up with weapons to compensate for you know his lack of arm strength now, or we're grooming – the next quarterback coming in, whoever was taken at 15 to have weapons available when he comes in. But I feel more comfortable going great wide receiver at 15. And then to Sky's point, taking one of these quarterbacks in the second round that has upside. I know Alex is shaking head because he wants a uh, big Mac Jones. I hate Cam Newton. I know you hate Cam Newton, but the point Why is- do you, I don't, I don't hate him that bad. I fucking hate you. Can't, he, he's not accurate. Dude. You can give him all the weapons in the world. He has to get him, get them the ball. Dude, when we last year, early in the year, when Cam Newton we was healthy, fire. we were we were competitive. We, we were rolling. good last year with Cam also. Newton. I'm pretty sure he was like number two in the league in rushing touchdowns. We were yes, we were competitive. We were good. You give him John Smith. You give him Hunter Henry. You give him a top a five wide receiver at 15 overall pick. He'll be good. Wasn't there a stat last year that none of our wide receivers had a touchdown or something like that? That's was true. It? I think so. Okay, great. So I'm you agree. To it. You agree. We need a wide receiver. No. It means he can't, <laughs> it means he, means he, he can't get the ball to the wide receiver. Maybe because we don't have any of the catch balls. Maybe, Jacob- maybe because he couldn't throw them, throw them the ball. We have Jacoby Myers as our wide receiver one. Okay. Jameer Bird is probably your one receiver one. Either way, that's several. Look, you guys are missing the whole point here. First of all, you already we got, got we the got best. The- <laughs> you are you you already got the best wide receiver in the free agent class with Kendrick Bourne. So let's not worry too much. <laughs> Kendrick like, Bourne's gonna Kendrick good. Bourne's gonna go for about 95, 1507. You guys will be fine with Kendrick Bourne. Now, if I redo my numbers here to satisfy you guys, I take Mac Jones out of the Patriots of 15, recalculate a little bit. I've got the top three wide receivers, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, they're gone. But we can pick any other wide receiver. Kadarius Tony, Rashad Bateman, uh, Terrace Marshall, Rondale Moore, anybody else. Like for Cam Moore. Newton, I know, Alex, cover your ears. For Cam Newton, I would say that Rashad Bateman's probably the best option. Say what you want about Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches. I know that they ended up being laughing stocks. That one season in 2015 when Cam Newton was Cam good. Newton, both of those guys were absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Rashad Bateman's way better than both of them, and he's – not quite 6'5", but he's 6'3". He's a possession guy. He can beat a guy deep. And the one thing the Patriots don't have, they have speed. They have little guys. They have slot guys. They do not have a big body dominant receiver other than Nikhil Harry, who obviously has not been what we wanted him to be. So I think if they go that way, I like Kadarius Tony more than him, maybe closer to like an Antonio Brown style. But Rashad Bateman for the Patriots, specifically in Cam Newton, is a better option in the red zone. And look, it's silly for fantasy football, which is a different conversation with us, but them bringing in two of the top tight ends, two top 15 tight ends in the NFL, two top 10 uh, tight ends in fantasy by themselves, bringing those guys in, nobody's going to be Gronk and Hernandez. Get that out of your brain. But if they're 75% of that pairing and Cam Newton loved Greg Olson, Cam Newton can throw the ball nine yards, right? If they can do that, then I think this offense moves and moves and moves and moves. You have James White out of the backfield. You have other wide receivers. You have Rashad Bateman. You have Cam Newton in the red zone. The Patriots did well, and they played close to games. They didn't win as much as you're used to, but they also didn't get blown out. You know Bill's going to retool things. 
I think you're going to be fine. I think Mac Jones falls to him. And if he does, they got to go with the quarterback. <laughs> if they don't, I do like Rashad Bateman going to them as a possession style receiver, not as flashy, not going to have 60, 70 yard touchdowns, but he could get you 85 grabs and double digit touchdowns because he's that big body that Cam Newton needs because his radius is much larger to deal with those errant passes. Yeah, so when I was actually thinking about what player they should take at 15, it was Bateman. Because Bateman, nice. Bateman, okay. Bateman is that guy who's, who's kind of like a Nikhil Harry, is, which is what we were looking for in Nikhil Harry, but we never got. So if we do get a redo at 15, I would be absolutely okay if they went Bateman and then took a, took a chance at a QB in round two. But you know then they're going to move back in the first, then they're going to move back to go into the second. And then, yeah, they have five second-round picks. Three. <laughs> oh. Or we'll take Rondell Moore and Cam Newton overthrow him 15 times a game. Exactly. Yeah, you that's better, what you better use that 42 and a half inch vertical because you've got mm-hmm. to get up there. Yeah, that's 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 what you don't want. But it'll be really interesting. I mean, I think the Patriots are going to be fine. You know, we could talk about this full mock draft later on, but I do have some uh, I do have some fun ones, and that's the beauty about mock drafts is like this is what I would do if I were these teams, and it's kind of fun to fantasize about some of these landing spots. Yeah. So, dude, that's our that's actually a good segue. It's our third segment here. Uh, give us some. Uh, interesting hot takes on position players that uh, maybe most people don't expect them going to based on the, uh, the team scenario, but yeah. Who do you got for us? Okay. So first of all, at the top, again, this is me. If I'm making these decisions and I'm 32 different GMs, uh, I am actually going to have Justin Fields going to the jets at number two. That means the Niners have the pick of the litter elsewhere. If Zach Wilson falls and Trey Lance is still on the board and I'm the Niners, I'd probably go Zach Wilson, but I love Trey Lance. He's just super duper raw. He reminds me a lot of Colin Kaepernick, to be honest with you. He hmm. came out super raw, sat behind Alex Smith, finally got a chance, and he and Harbaugh went all the way to the Super Bowl. Should have won the Super Bowl. But Colin Kaepernick is a dynamic, game-changing quarterback for those couple of years. And I think Trey Lance eventually can be as well. So I'm going to take Trey Lance there for the 49ers. So that might be a mix-up at the top that people aren't talking about. Justin Fields goes number two. Zach Wilson falls. Niners go with Zach, uh, Zach Wilson. Then I've got the Falcons taking Trey Lance if he falls as well. Wow. A lot of people want them to take uh, Pitts, obviously. A lot of them want to trade out of that and get draft cattle. That could happen too. But if Trey Lance is there, specifically Trey Lance, because he needs the year at least – behind an all pro MVP like Matt Ryan with that offense. Julio's obviously on his way out, but you still have Calvin Ridley. You still have a great offense and an offensive mind coming in. I think they'll be fine moving forward. I like Trey Lance there. A couple of other ones here. Um, the Bengals are a big question mark. Panay Sewell, I think just makes sense with Joe Burrow, but everybody wants Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, whatever. That would be flashy for fantasy football, but for NFL purposes, Panay Sewell out of Oregon just makes the most sense. You got to, Got to protect the guy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Heading down the list a little bit. Kyle Pitts falls all the way to eight Two. for me. And I know that's not popular it. and I don't want to go through all my picks, but I have a reason for it. He falls to the Panthers at number eight, the one position on offense that the Panthers are missing wow. in what should be a top five offense in my opinion. And I do believe in Sam Darnold. QB one. I do believe in Sam Darnold to the moon. I do believe in Sam Darnold and I believe in, in, uh, in Matt rule. I believe in these other wide receivers. The one position they didn't have last year with Ian Thomas was tight end. If they get Kyle Pitts opening up the field, 
Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore could go absolutely banana land, if you will. And I think that will be absolutely just fine. A couple more here really quickly, and I'll, I'll rest my case because you guys know I can get fired up on this. Um, I have, I think this is pretty popular, but Najee Harris going to the Pittsburgh Steelers makes sense for NFL purposes. And I know everybody <laughs> wants that to happen for fantasy football. <laughs> so I'm, I'm manifesting this. I know Eric, I feel Eric exactly the same. Oh my God. I am. I'm, I'm manifesting this. Absolutely. Now NFL wise in NFL wise though, if it's not Saquon Barkley, it's not Zeke Elliott. You don't often see the number one, you know, premier running back still doesn't go in the first round. Let's not forget last year, Jonathan Taylor, Deandre Swift, period number one and number two that was it coming into the draft swift taylor ceh gets picked by the chiefs at 32 everything changed right Mm -hmm. Najee, i mean travis Etienne could go first javante williams could go first if an nfl team feels it's a better match we don't know what they're going to think yeah i would love him to go to pittsburgh though think back to damian or d'angelo williams Le'Veon bell james connor these guys are three down backs Najee harris can catch the ball a hell of a lot better than people give him credit for if he goes there easily the number one pick in rookie drafts, uh, but he is going to be phenomenal for NFL purposes as well. One interesting thing that I would love to see happen, uh, Travis Etienne goes to Buffalo in my mock as well, which I would like as well, because he's he's basically Zach Moss and Devin Singletary in one person, Better, and then those guys can – yeah, <laughs> and, and those guys can spell Travis Etienne depending on the situation if he needs a breather on third down or early downs but ETN could get that. And look, if Buffalo actually had a dynamic running back who could deal with it, that offense is absolutely nuts. One I want to bring up to you, I actually have Christian Barrymore, who's all world defensive tackle out of Alabama, going to the Buccaneers to train behind and Dominican Sue. However, thoughts on, and you guys just, again, Brady conversation, thoughts on the Buccaneers. They're not going to trade up or anything, but if, I don't know, somebody astronomically drops somehow or davis mills is there or kellen mond is there do you think there's any chance that the buccaneers look at a quarterback if the price is right and i want to be careful with this because people i brought this up to ryan leaf and he immediately got defensive for tom brady and was like look man (laughs) tom brady hates that shit he said it for years he didn't like when they brought in jimmy garoppolo didn't like when they brought in anybody else okay he is who he is until he leaves we all know that but again, those day two, day three quarterbacks need the buffer and who better to learn from than the GOAT. And the, the Buccaneers don't need anything else. Everything they're getting right now is frosting. So why not look at the future? And if you could get the right price on potentially the next eight, nine, 10 years of a quarterback that you believe in to study behind Brady for even two years, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for almost three. If you could actually get somebody who would eat it for three years, get paid to be a backup and learn behind the best quarterback of all time, that would be an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal move. Any chance that happens, do you guys think uh, in Tampa Bay? Well, the way you just laid it out <clears throat> could definitely happen. It's not. It's not impossible. The book's gonna have to be like Brady. You need a quarterback. <laughs> you are years old, buddy. Forty-three. Go quarterback. What do you think? Yeah, they absolutely don't need a. They don't need much. They, no. they definitely don't need another defensive tackle. That yeah. line's already terrifying. Yeah, but 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 and Bar- Barrymore Barrymore going there is the same thing with the rookie backing up Brady. 
it's the same thing on the other side of the ball. It's just that Indomitian Sue came back because everybody came back, but he's getting old and he's going to, he's going to leave anyway. Right. Yeah. They need that position in that defense. The defense is young. It's stellar. If he leaves though, that's a huge hole. Christian Barrymore is a beast. And if he can learn and get half of the snaps behind him and come in behind him and fill that gap when he leaves with a year of experience, phenomenal pick. I, I seriously doubt the Buccaneers would look at quarterback, but if I look at their whole roster, I just think like, I was thinking like maybe another receiver, but I'm like, no, Tyler Johnson's amazing, yeah. but he doesn't get any work because they can't use him. So to me, Tyler and, and look, OJ Howard's coming back. No shit. Yeah. No, I, I like it. What about tight end? OJ Howard. And they still have Gronk. Why not? Yeah. This, this is just a, a this is. Just and Cameron Bray. I mean, draft for them. Yeah. yeah. It's it is. It is. So why not look at the future? You know, yeah. I hear you. I don't, I don't mind that, that prediction at all. But Brady minds. Yeah, that's pretty good. Brady minds. Brady does mind it. They would have to go to him and just be straight up and be like, look, Tom, we're not drafting somebody to challenge you for your job this year. You're safe <laughs> until you retire, you whether it's one year or three yeah. years. He's very However, sensitive. but we'll see. I think where they fucked it up, and you guys know better than I do, where the Patriots fucked up is every offseason, Brady, when he was like 35, you know, 12 years ago or whatever, was too old already. And then they had like, Jimmy Garoppolo has a chance to take over Matt Castle, blah, blah. It's like, dude, it's not going to happen. Bro. But that fires up Tom in the, in the negative in house. If they go to him and say, you're our guy for 10 years, if you want to play to your 60, but if you retire next year, we need to be prepared. We believe in this kid. We want you to mentor him. He's going to hold a clipboard until you leave, but he's he your backup. Look- yeah. Unfortunately he doesn't look, he does not look at it like you're that. Stop <clears throat> in the back. Yeah. It's a big fuck mm-hmm. you. I just won you a ring and you have to draft a quarterback. That's how he sees it. You know that too. It's how, that's how we look at I, the I, I do know that. It just look again. If I'm the Bucks, yeah. I, uh, I I take I take Tom Brady out for an acai bowl and a green smoothie, and I just lay it down Honestly. and I say, bro, you know, avocado ice cream on the house, and let's have a conversation. Yeah, I feel you, bro. All right, man. Let's wrap it up. You had uh, one. Oh, yeah. You had one. You had a request for us oh, to wrap this up. Yeah, this is probably the most important part of the podcast for the listeners, so I want to make sure this is clear. By the way, for the record, uh, we have no idea what he's about to ask us. No. Okay, let me just make sure I'm correct. All right, sorry. Uh, Jeopardy music, Jeopardy music. Okay, perfect. As of, let's see, what is it? It is uh, April 23rd. We're recording this. Are we doing uh, Super Bowl bets? Super Bowl uh, preview? San Francisco Giants are currently 12-7. and (laughs) 632 winning percentage. The Boston Red Sox are 12 and 8, 600 winning percentage. We're only 20 games in. Yeah. I'm not really a betting man. <laughs> however, however, I'd be curious if you guys want to make either a friendly wager or yes. something. Red Sox. <laughs> something, something uh reasonable that I can still pay my family if the Giants uh you know turned out on me at the all-star break. Who just has the better record? Period. Uh, would you guys like to go Giants v Red Sox? Red Sox. No, I think the Giants will have a better record. Red Sox. I think the, I think the Red Sox are going to start to slide. They're not that good. No, they're very good. Red Sox. They're not that good. They're good. <laughs> Red Sox. They, they, they're, they're hot right now, but they're not that good. They're good. Red Sox. Okay. I'll take the Giants. So wait, what are you with Sky on a team and Alex is on his own? Fuck you guys. What's that, what's that, what's it's not even a one? team. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. You could take whatever you side one. you'd like. I'm on Alex's side. Good. All right. Then it's me and Sky against you two. Full disclaimer. I don't watch too much baseball. I do. As much as these guys, at least. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll join Alex's team. We'll make it fair. Two, like, put it this way. 2v2. I am, I am very impressed with how the Sox are playing right now, but it's, I don't think it's going to last. They're not that good. They're good. 
Okay. They got swept by the Orioles to start the season. I'll just throw that out there. That's the how Giants, I the season was going to go. The Giants have no business being good. They're old and they're terrible. They have been for years, but all of a sudden, they're great. Yeah, no, they're, okay. they're young, actually, minus, you know, Bogarts and J.D. Martinez. All right, Sky, I'm with you on this one. You've heard it here, folks. Chris and I are going to stick with the Giants' best, uh, better record than the Red Sox at the All-Star break. Eric, uh, against his will, is going to team up with Alex no, no. to take, to take the Red Sox. Holy <laughs> with your will. Yeah, go Sox. Okay. Uh, that was it. I just, want, I, I just want to talk baseball with you guys for, for you know, a couple minutes. So what are we, I'm, what are we I'm betting? I know. What's the bet? Um. I haven't really thought about it. I just wanted to, I just wanted to get it. We can talk about it off air and then you guys will have to update your listeners on what's up. Yeah. But um, I, I just realized that they basically have the same record right now and we're only 20 games in. We got another, you know, 70 or so until the, uh, the all-star break. So a lot can happen, but I thought I'd just throw it out at you. Look, what if send them something from like New England, like something unique to New England. And then if we, you know, if, if, if I win with you, Sky, uh, you're going to have to send us over some, like, Oregon dirt. No, like wait. That. No, wait. we don't want dirt. No, wait. Or, like, something nature, nature-driven. <laughs> if me and Eric, from Oregon. Me and Eric we have went, a lot of pollen. I you guys see pollen? Work. We have a lot of pollen here. Pollen, bro? I've been sneezing all day long. Sky, <laughs> if me and Eric win, I'll take the Frank Gore jersey. He'll take the Campbell. Bro, this Frank, <laughs> this Frank Gore jersey is signed, dog. That's There's no I'll way. <laughs> yeah. No. No, okay. <laughs> no. How about what about the Frank Gore college mini helmet sign down here? Are you down for deal, that or? Deal. I mean, we'd rather have the jersey. <laughs> right. Well, we'll 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 have to think about it off air. But I just want to, you know, I just want to talk. You guys are Boston boys. Uh, you know, my 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 podcast is literally named after the Giants Stadium. I want to throw it out there: Red Sox, Giants. Either way, let's make it happen. I'm stoked both teams are in the fire. It's really good to see you guys, and uh, I'm just talk- super stoked to talk some sports with you guys again. It's been a while. Appreciate it, man. Actually, fun, fun, yeah, funny story before we go. I was actually telling my dad about the collab that we do with Sky. Mm. He's like, oh, what's the name of the podcast? And I, I told him, you know, Candlestick Kids and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, out of California? <laughs> it's just funny that, like, how he just knew. Yeah, he just knew. Yeah. I was like, why hey, do you know that? He was like, it, Alex, yeah. Alex, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one really quick. And, and Chris, anybody, uh, I'm going to give you a little uh, East Coast, West Coast trivia. This okay. is important. Listen up. Brooklyn Dodgers. And the New York Giants moved out west 1958-1959. A few years later, 1960-1961, the New York Mets became a franchise. They took the blue and white from the Dodgers, and they took the orange and the black from the Giants for the team colors. Oh, and that's why they have the team colors. When the Giants and Dodgers left to come west, the Mets heart. came up, and they took those team colors. No right. shit. That's a fun little I, fact. Right I got plenty. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, broski. Let's wrap it up here. Really appreciate you having, uh, or appreciate you coming on. Yeah, our thanks show. for coming on, guys. I really appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, dude, and that's it's always awesome whenever we can get you know, uh, whenever we can like trade spots on each other's shows. It's really fun to uh, to collaborate that way. Uh, but yeah, dude, super happy to have you on. Uh, let all of our listeners know where they can find Sky Guasco and the Candlestick Kids. Yeah, easiest would be on Twitter at my name Sky Guasco S K Y G U A. SCO on Twitter. You can also find the TCK pod candlestick kids, fantasy football podcast on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod. We have a YouTube channel as well, the candlestick kids, and we have a podcast, of course, the candlestick kids, fantasy football podcast, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Also sidebar, uh, you can hear myself and the one and only Ryan leaf 
uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays live on YouTube and after the fact via the Believe Podcast Network uh, on YouTube, 12.30 to 1.30 Pacific, 4.30, or what, what is it, uh, 3.30 to 4.30 Eastern Standard Time, um, live on YouTube. You can check us out. We talk all sports, football dominated, but we talk all sports. And the NFL Draft coming up this next week, man, very, very stoked about it. Awesome, man. Thank you. Again, dude, appreciate you coming on and everyone else who's listening. If you don't already follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, at the commish, FFP, go do it right now. You will not be sorry. All right, everyone, go enjoy the NFL draft. When is it? It's uh, this coming Thursday, up. Friday, Saturday. Yeah, starts Thursday. All right, let's enjoy it. See you guys later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.